Hey, Reese, Bips, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Mavs Outside this Podcast. I'm one half of your host, Maurice Williams, a.k.a. Mind of Reese. Mind of Reese on YouTube. Mind of Reese on Twitter. I get out of Twitter jail tonight or yesterday by the time you hear this. Uh, Mind of Reese reviews on TikTok. Uh, I am joined, as always, uh, by my brother, Mr. Bibbs, Michael Bibbs. Bibbs Corner on Twitter. Bibbs Corner Podcast. Oh, man, that's uh, that's Quinta on the Olay commercial. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she doing big things, man. I'm happy for um, Mr. Bibbs. Bibbs Corner on Twitter. Bibbs Corner Podcast, wherever you find your podcast content. Uh, not sure if he has anything else. Uh, but I'm also joined by another individual that I'm not always joined by, and that's this big ass pimple on my face. Uh, this motherfucker's alive. I have to warn people when I talk to them that it does not bite, so do not be alarmed. Uh, I, I damn near said, "Hey man, I can't get on video today because if I release a clip with my face looking like this, it's curtains." Like, luckily I got a girlfriend and I ain't got to show off for no bitches, but. Some change in your diet or what's going on? Man, I don't know what's going on my face. <clears throat> Maybe I need to eat better. You know, I uh, my friend <clears throat> recommended this uh, diet app that I started last week to let me know how terribly I'm eating. And uh, it's been interesting to look at. Like, I log everything I eat. I log any exercise I do. And it, like, it gives me more calories that I can burn. But, like, the other day I got... um. I got some McDonald's and I uh, oh. saw the saw that numbers jump. I was like, oh damn. Like let me let me relax. And I think I drank a Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper took it up. I was like, yeah, maybe I don't need the Dr. Pepper. I've never had a Dr. Pepper before. I always thought it was root beer. What the f- what? I've never had a Dr. Pepper before. It's that some kind of crazy thing. Like, I don't <laughs> even think Dr. Pepper is up there with the top echelon of sodas, like what we talking about. Have you had a Dr. Thunder? No, I ain't had no fucking Dr. Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) No fucking Dr. Thunder, man. No. Uh, You ain't never grabbed it out of the cooler at the cookout? You never grabbed it, Dr. Thunder? No, I ain't never never seen that shit at the cookout. Drinking no goddamn Dr. Thunder. Uh, The Mavs did play the OKC Thunder in their first uh, home preseason game. (laughs) Since, you know, we could transition right into it. You know, I don't want to keep us on here too long. You know, we got our draft in like an hour and five minutes. I didn't plan on this show being long anyway. But we could jump right into it. Funny story. I uh, I was in 77 Spaces Wednesday night. But for the, uh, was it Wednesday night? Yeah, Wednesday night before the um for the preseason game. They were doing pregame and you know I was up there kicking it with the guys. Shout out Jose, shout out Rolo. Jazz went in there, but shout out Jazz as well. Uh Shaco was up there. A couple people was up there. Shaco. She man, look. Jose still call him Shaco too, but no, he called him Shaco. He corrected us in the uh like he emphasizes the hour. He corrected me in the DM, so I'm so it's Shiko. It's Shiko going forward. Henceforth. Yeah. 
All right, bet. Mama named him Chico. I'm gonna call him Chico. Uh, Jose was like, "So are you and Bibbs doing a uh, post game recap for the game tonight?" I said, "I'm gonna keep it hundred with you, brother. We ain't doing no fucking post game recap for no preseason game." Nah, nah. And thank God we didn't, cause this game put me to fucking sleep. Now, granted, I've been working hard this week. Okay, I'm logging overtime. So maybe it wasn't more so the game. Maybe it was just me working hard. But the game ain't help. I mean, I care about the the fringe crap at the back end of the roster, so it was cool for me. But other than that, I understand. Some of the stuff was was fun to watch. And, you know, since you said you – I know you're more so into – you're more so interested in the back end of the roster, guys. Guys who may not even get a chance to play in the regular season more so than I am. So you're more familiar with these guys as well, like uh, McKinley Wright, the fourth, who I think impressed uh, in that first game uh, on both ends of the court, really. Now, granted, preseason, you take it with a grain of salt, you know. When you compare what he did to what some of the other dudes did, I think it's a glaring, glaring difference. Okay. Touche. I'll say this, if if he had to be out third ball handling instead of Frank, I mean, the bar is low, but I would feel much more comfortable with him. Yeah. Um, I would feel more comfortable than him, with him than someone else who we're going to get to later. But I don't think it can be understated. He had 10 assists. I think the team yeah. had 20 as a whole for the night. Uh, he had zero turnovers. I think the team had 24. Even in a preseason game, regardless of who you're playing, that's yeah z- zero turnovers in a preseason game where you know everybody doesn't know everybody while having ten assists, which means he was throwing passes. That's that's crazy. Twenty two minutes played twenty two minutes, which was the fourth most. Was it the fourth most? Let me pay attention to the seconds. Yes, fourth most on the uh, roster. Behind Christian Wood, who played 25, Jaden Hardy, who played 23, Josh Green, who played 22. Um, spoke a bit about McKinley Wright, um, but who impressed you uh, in, just in this game so far, just speaking about the OKC game, who impressed you the most coming out of it? So I think Josh Green um, was the talk of the, the scrimmage and the, the live practice. I think it carried over in that game. Uh, as far as the things he does, uh, he had a nice steal on an inbound where he was kind of in the corner. It almost looked like the uh, the Jose Alvarado where he was like in the corner by the bench. And, you know, we got in a bucket and the guy went to inbound it lazily. And Josh anticipated and was like already coming from the corner, like caught the pass like it was intended for him and like went up for the score immediately. Uh, just jumped in front of the guy. Uh, those are the type of things he does just cause chaos. Uh, show up in places where you don't expect them to be. Uh, he had a catch and shoot three in the game, which another thing that you you like to see. Uh, I think he was decisive on some of his drives, which is another thing that we were trying to see if he was going to continue from the offseason. Um, he did get into the trouble of overpassing, which concerned me because that's going to be going back to one of his problems from last year. Uh, but he had four assists, four turnovers. Again, the team had 20 assists as a whole, so he had – uh, one fifth of them, and but the four turnovers, he had one sixth of those as well. So <laughs> everything's even, cancels out there. Um, but overall, I think as far as Josh Green taking a step, I still think like he looked like a, 
a little bit better of a player than he was last year to where I, I'm not like scared when he's on the court that he's going to fuck something up. I think what, what impresses the most <clears throat> isn't really, how do I say it? Any like, it's more so with confidence. Right. Not even so much the skill set because he's always had the potential. Uh, the athleticism, first of all, is there. That's a building block already. There's so many guys in the NBA who build careers strictly off of their athleticism. Josh Green has athleticism. He has a bit of skill there. Uh, he hustles on defense, which is 90% of defense. Uh, you buy into the system. I'm pretty sure he's going to become a better defender, but it's the confidence on offense that's like we saw it in the playoffs. The, dudes, the dude gets the ball and wouldn't even shoot it. And it's like, bro, you're on the court. You're either going to make it or you're going to miss it. At least shoot the damn ball instead of driving to the paint just to go to the other side of the court and do nothing with the ball. Now we have wasted seconds. Uh, another reason I'm upset that I fell asleep on this game is because I was actually starting to take notes. I was taking notes on the game. Okay. I mean, when did that stop, though? Like After the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, if you made it after, you still probably got some good stuff. It was back in the first quarter. Uh, I did take notes on Josh Green had a nice drive and assist to uh, Dwight in the first quarter. I can't remember if he got it off the catch at the top of the key, <clears throat> pump faking drive. I cannot remember that part, but he did get a nice uh, wrap around. If you're watching the video, you can see me the wrap around uh, pass to Dwight. He caught a nice alley oop from uh, then Witty in the first quarter as well. Uh, just getting involved all over the court, whether it be on offense or defense, his buckets are never going to come from him creating. It's just going to come from cuts, being in the right place at the right time. You know, right. Uh, him contributing to the team isn't just points. He's a guy who can get us some assists. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was you, maybe it was somebody else who and you know you have to i have to preface this for guys who don't really understand basketball talk but a draymond green type not saying he's as good as draymond green or as skilled as draymond green but that role that draymond green plays for the warriors he's like a pseudo point guard at forward like he's defended on the court he's the hustle guy on the court he can make plays on the court when the point guard doesn't have the ball now granted luca is going to have the ball in his hand most of the time so his assistant and playmaking opportunities are most likely going to come with a second unit or when Luca isn't in the game. They can even come when Spencer is in the game, and we'll get to second unit stuff later. But uh, the thing with preseason is when a guy plays good, we always say, oh, man, that's flashes. It, it, it might go into the regular season. When a guy plays bad, it's like, uh, I ain't tripping off it. It's just preseason. So I'm still going to take this with a grain of salt, you know, but I'm not surprised at this from Josh Green. Uh, a person who impressed me more was kind of a Jaden Hardy. Okay. Uh, we we kind of saw a bit, and he had that one great game in summer league, and his summer league really got like kind of shitty. <laughs> but he started out high, and then it got ugly from there. Like he got our hopes up, and. Th- and this is the thing with Mavs fans. They turned on him immediately. Not, not turned on him, but they was like, oh, shit, maybe maybe we shouldn't play dude this season. Now, if you want to take the, the preseason game for, for what it's worth, he played 23 minutes, shot eight for 16, four for nine from, th- from uh, three, 
you watched the whole game. How many of those were catching shoots? So I'm going to say this. I'm going to say two things. First of all, it wasn't me that said that Draymond thing about Josh Green. It was uh, one of our listeners. I was trying to find it, but I can't. But he did shout us out for mentioning it um, in the last episode. So um, the second piece of that is, well, no, before I forget this Josh Green point, uh, with Josh Green, we mentioned this, I, I think it might have been when I was on the We Talk Mavs by. But like a good Josh Green game isn't necessarily going to have have him scoring. Maybe right. at all. Like he may not score a single point, but it could still be a good Josh Green game. I think you mentioned it last week when we were, when we had. Okay. The yeah. Like his scoring is mostly going to be opportunistic situations. Like um, he's left wide open for a three. Uh, he gets the ball on the perimeter. Guy closes out too hard. He gets a, a clean lane for the drive, an alley oop in transition, like that type of stuff. Like he's not, I'm not expecting a Josh, a play to be drawn up for Josh Green. Um, I'm not expecting Josh Green to come up in ISO. Like neither of those things is occurring. He's, he's slashing when a guy's not paying attention, stuff like that. Um, now getting back to Jaden Hardy, I'll say that he had a great box score game and I let people have it on the timeline because I don't, I don't like arguing with people on Twitter no more, but the game overall was very Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, he was bricking early. He started, he got, I think he scored 16 of his points in the fourth quarter, which I'm not going to call it garbage time. Cause it's the preseason, all of this garbage time. Yeah, it was like, he got really hot down the stretch. I want to say it was a couple off the catch and a couple pull-ups that he hit. Um, like once he got hot, he was hot and everything was going in. But again, 16 of his points in the fourth quarter, I want to say he was maybe, I would say maybe seven or eight or something like that in the fourth quarter. You take away that, look at the first stretch. It is what it is. But again, that's the type of stat line that Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to give you. He's going to have a full quarter where he's a straight brick and he'll have another quarter where he's the wettest dude since uh, Buddy jumped in after the Little Mermaid. But what? What the f- <laughs> yo? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. But with that said, <clears throat> it gave me a little bit of encouragement that he's not going to get discouraged if he's missing. I was about to I was going to wait for you to finish, but I was about to get to that. I was going to say that impresses me. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think that part of that is what he went through with the G League Ignite. Like, he kind of had a rough year because he was forced to do things that he didn't necessarily need to be doing. And it hurt his draft stock. Worked out for us, but it hurt his draft stock. But he's still the same kid. Like, he's still excited. He still thinks he's the, the man every time he's on the court. And he's going to go out there and try to prove it every single time. So that's that part of it is exciting. It makes him look a lot more playable than uh like you said maybe that summer league made him look now for a rookie i do think a guy who had a bad first half bad had a bad three quarters and still isn't afraid to go out there and pull the trigger that's something we need now granted i don't know if he's going to be playing as many minutes whereas though he can showcase that throughout the season which like i said we'll get to later but in a rookie you like to see that especially when it comes to things like catch and shoot. If he's on the court with Luca, he's having a bad shooting night and you've got the ball wide open, motherfucker. I need you to still pull it. Don't care if you 0 for 5, that shot got to go up. 
don't care. Look, we have our issues with Tim sometimes, but one thing we know about Tim, Tim is going to pull it, whether Tim got space or not, <laughs> whether Tim is shooting one for 10 for the night. Tim's going to pull. Now, having too many guys like that on the team, maybe it can hurt. If they're both playing. <laughs> if they're both playing, I'm pretty sure there's going to be times where Jaden Hardy is on the court with Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> like an all-star game where two dudes are trying to get the MVP. You remember the rookie sophomore game with Tim Hardaway and Deion Waiters was just going back and Hey, man, look. There's going to be – Mavs Twitter is going to break when these two just start coming up court, taking turns on the same fucking team, just throwing up shots. If they're going in, they're going to go crazy for the, the buckets. If they're not, it's going to be like, what, what is happening? Now, granted, I like Jaden's heart, Jaden Hardy's ability to create his own shot more than Tim, but he does still have that tendency to do too much and cause turnovers for himself. Right. Which is why the option of him being a quote-unquote third ball handler never <clears throat> like, I'm not okay with it, not yet, until yeah. he gets more disciplined in his career. Yeah, I think that I'm glad you pointed that out. I think that uh, that's another place where he's very similar to Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't like his decision making most of the time. Um, like he, he always his mind is on, do I get this bucket now? Every single time he touches the ball, and most of the time it's not time for him to go get that bucket. Um, oh. So yeah, it's it's the same situation with Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't know if you were going to this direction, but with the recent news that Dinwiddie is moving to the bench because they've accepted that Frank is not the third ball handler. I don't know why the fuck we had to play that game in the first place, but, you know, here we are. Uh, So Spencer Dinwiddie is moving to the bench, and it's pretty much down to Josh or – they said Josh, Frank, or Jaden for the starting two Josh and Jaden. I don't think it needs – I don't think we need to pretend Frank is in that discussion. He's not. Um, My personal pick is Josh. But if it's Jaden, that would be why to handcuff him to Luca. Yeah. Well, that would be part of it to handcuff him to Luca because <laughs> it worked for Tim. I want to get to that. Okay, we can wait. Knock out this Orlando game quick. All right. Uh, Large Tony Orlando Magic, <clears throat> one hundred and ten to one hundred five. Uh, I did not get to see this game, but did anybody impress you in this game outside of the normal? Like, if it was just Josh Green again, well, no, nah, Josh Green didn't. Anyway, did anybody impress you this game? I'm just going to tell you this. I took notes for the other game. I did not take notes for this game. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If you want to say fuck this game. I'm going to double check to make sure there isn't something I'm, I'm thinking right now. Oh, Christian Wood. Christian Wood. I was literally going to say, what did, did you like what you saw from Christian Wood? So Christian Wood, a uh, big question mark was, you know, should he be the sixth man? Mm-hmm. Um, should he be with Luca? Da 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 da. And this was really our first opportunity to see what that rotation might look like because the first game Luca didn't play. Um, so what happened is, and this was what mm-hmm. people don't pay attention between the lines. I didn't see anybody else catch on to this. Um, on this level anyway they might have quoted it but they didn't catch the depth of the quote but when it was talked about christian wood coming off the bench 
I think some, I can't remember who it was, but someone asked him, like, they basically lied to him and tell him that he was going to start. And Jason Kidd was like, well, when you tell somebody, oh, it was because Wood said, this is the first I'm hearing of this. And Jason Kidd's quote was, well, when you tell him, when you're talking to a guy and you say, when you come in at the six minute mark, it's kind of implied that you're coming off the bench. But nobody yeah. really, nobody really, I didn't see anybody really latch on to that. Deeply. Why would you be coming in at the six minute mark if you're starting? Right. So that's where that was kid saying he definitely knew, but people were more worried about the drama side of that and didn't think about the basketball. Which, to be honest, even if he didn't know, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I think like Christian Wood has tweeted some stuff that's made people think, oh, he cares about it. He has a problem with it. He's got an ego. I don't think that's the case. I don't either. Um when he, I think he tweeted something about everything's earned, not given, or something yeah. like that. Like even something like that is him accepting the challenge at right. worst. But I think in this game he realized something, and that is, in this game he came in around five fifty three, in the first quarter. Uh, McGee came out. The backups started to come in for the Magic. He's coming in fresh against backups and killing them. Killing them. Uh, he was hitting threes. He had a nice uh, – <laughs> he caught the ball in the paint, got big in there. Um, I said Wood getting big on the inside, and then I realized that it was bad, so I caught myself. Uh, <clears throat> but he got big in there and, and went up strong, and, like, I don't remember the last time – oh, no, I do remember. Marquise Chris did it once, and I was like, that's the first time I've seen a math player do a big man move in in years. So – to see Wood do that was nice. To see his threes go down was nice. To see him dribble up into a three was nice. Um, we we kind of have said it before, but he 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 is closer to the player that KP thinks he is than KP is. Absolutely. And like Spencer Dinwiddie, the question for him is going to be uh, his comfort level in taking that shot. He looked very comfortable doing it against the Magic. He pointed out that, uh, or someone, I think Hart might have pointed it out, that, uh, shout out to Hart, that uh, he comes in around the six-minute mark. Luca's still playing the whole first quarter, the whole third quarter, right? So he's going to get six minutes without Wood, six minutes with Wood. He's going to get to get his shots off in the first half of the quarter. Wood comes in. <laughs> no Grey Worm. He, no six minutes without Wood, no Grey Worm. You don't know who Grey Worm is, so you don't even get the reference. But... <clears throat> oh wait uh you know what somebody's gonna know that that's a wrong quote but don't worry about it and if you watch the show and didn't do any further digging that makes sense to you uh then would then luca comes off right the start of the second quarter wood still out there with the backups they played through wood like wood now becomes the the focal point and it was buckets on top of buckets continuing so he comes in plays with luca luca comes out the bench guys then witty whatever comes in, plays through Wood, and it, it it looks beautiful to me. He's going to get his 30 minutes or whatever if we want him to have 30 minutes a game. He's going to be in the closing lineups. I don't know why people are stressed about him needing to start. Even with the I, when we said that Dinwiddie was going to the bench, I saw people, a lot of people wanted Wood to be the guy moving into the starting lineup. I don't think that's necessary. Um, I think, and it's weird that I'm the person saying this because I'm all about the big man renaissance, but I like Wood as the sixth man, personally. It works for me. I agree. Like, you want to make the perfect comparison, Montrezl Harrell. Like, came off the bench for the Clippers. Obviously, he was a better 
player than Zubats. Nothing against Zubats. Not saying Zubats a bum or anything. Um, he's a better player than Zubats, but it benefited them more with him coming off the bench, and he won six man of the year because of it. So, and to be honest, Christian Wood has a case for winning six man of the year this year if he continues to come off the bench for us majority of the season. Uh, since we're already talking about the bench, let's double back to the conversation about Spencer. Um, I don't have the exact quote, but Jason Kidd did say that Spencer's going to run with that second unit. Uh, I guess it only took them two games to see that Frank Nilakina ain't it. Um, thank God it came in the preseason and not the fucking regular season. Um, I thought he was going to. Yeah, I thought he was going to stick to his guns for long. I'm so glad he didn't. Yeah. I'm so glad. And, and you know what? I'm not surprised because we saw last season that he's okay with change and he's okay with making changes if he sees something is working or isn't working. Uh, don't know why you needed two games or one game to see that Frank Nilekina is not that because we had all of last season. But um, I think we've both mentioned, like, especially since we don't have a third ball handler, Spencer coming off the benches was best. Uh, so good to know that first game of the regular season will be towards that Spencer and Wood off the bench together is going to be really good because not only yeah. Christian Wood getting to play against the backups, he has another guy out there with him that's a starting caliber player in the NBA and can set him up the way he needs to. Uh, and that <laughs> opens up the question, who's going to start at the two or three? Uh, depending on the player. Like you said, they're saying it's between Josh, Jaden, Hardy, and Frank. Let's cut the bullshit. It's not going to be Frank. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no chance Frank starts on any NBA team. So it's between Josh Green, it's between Jaden Hardy. Two right. things. Josh Green was mentioned in the starting lineup in a tweet from Dalton like a few days ago where he just put it out there, and I guess people didn't agree with it. I did, because I'm like, hey, start Josh Green. You know, start the sugar glider. Why not? Why not put more defense out there? You feel me? If he shows, if he's capable of hitting some catch-and-shoot threes, why not start him? Now, I almost gave something away. Okay, now. (laughs) I keep catching myself also. Um. Someone else mentioned, I don't want to mention their name. <laughs> Someone else mentioned in a group chat um, about Jaden Hardy starting. Before this report came out, I believe. Because this report came out today or yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a whole conversation. Yeah, and this person, <clears throat> I'm not saying his name on purpose, not because I don't, not like a, I don't want to put him out there thing. It's Bibbs knows why I'm not saying his name. Yeah. Um, he mentioned Jaden Hardy in the starting lineup, and I was like, man, I don't want to do that to that kid. Like, I don't either. Now, what he said, what he said, I can understand why he feels that way. Like, you know, it'll fast track his uh, his development. Right. And in theory, that makes sense. But it also stunt his development if you throw him into the starting lineup that fast without him getting used to the team, you know, getting used to the flow of the NBA, having some minutes off the bench. I would like it to happen more organically than to just say, all right, boom, here you go. Develop. Like, you know, developing an NBA player isn't linear like that. It's not like a, oh, we're giving you more minutes. 
now and you're we're giving you the starting lineup. Here you go, because the minute things don't work and you pull him out, you never know how that can affect the player's confidence. So you don't want to do that to a rookie. Right. Especially one who confidence was probably shot a bit, considering he was top of his class coming out of high school and he fell to the second round. So if they decide to start Jaden Hardy, I'm okay with it, but I don't think that's a good reason to. Like, if you want to start him, make sure it's because, oh, we put him out there with Luca. we take the ball out of his hands, he could become a more catch-and-shoot guy, but maybe if we need a guy to go get a bucket at times, we can count on Jaden Hardy. Not, okay, we want to fast-track his development. Right. Josh Green, on the other hand, I think might be better fit, but I'm not sure yet. Because a starting lineup of Luca, Reggie, Josh Green, DFS, JaVale McGee. I'm not as confident in Josh Green's shot yet. Okay. Where I want that lineup out there. <clears throat> not saying he can't start, but we know JaVale is starting. Right. I'm not as confident in Josh Green's jump shot yet as far as catch and shoot goes where I'm comfortable with that. Also, it's like Jaden Hardy can at least dribble the ball and create a shot. Granted, he does too much sometimes, but he's capable of that much more so than the Josh Green is. So that's something it's, it's positive and negatives to both sides. What do you think? So I think you're the, what you said about Jaden Hardy going out there and being given a starting job, it potentially not working and then moving them to the bench. That's, that's a worst, that's a, a worst possibility for me. Like yeah. if you're committed to him being in the rotation, I, I don't have a problem with him coming off the bench in a steady role because there's less pressure in that. When you're named a starter in the NBA, that's a lot of pressure. And if you don't live up to it and you get demoted now, how does that affect you mentally? Uh, I think Josh Green has been in the league a couple of years now. If it happens to him, I don't think it's going to hit him as much as it has Hardy because he's already been through so much. Hardy hasn't been through as much at this level yet. Um, <clears throat> I think it's less so. So I think each of them is going to have rough, rough stretches if mm-hmm. they're given that job. I, I don't whoever gets the job from the jump. I doubt that that person keeps the job the whole year. Like, yeah, I, 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 I expect think. movement. I expect movement for sure. So that's part of why I'd rather it be Josh to start. Because, again, if you have Hardy coming off the bench and Hardy's getting buckets off the bench steadily and you make that move, it's a lot. It's a lot makes a lot more sense. If Josh is starting and Josh is killing it coming out the gate, then it feels organic that he developed and continued to get more opportunities and got the big opportunity and, and held the job down. Um, and Hardy being behind him makes sense as far as their future development and growth together as well. Um, the reason that I'm okay with a Josh as being less of a ball handler next to Luca to start, it's going to be the Luca show anyway. Um, I know we did the Jalen Brunson thing. I know it was highly effective, but 
I think surprisingly, most people have accepted that last year was last year and that this is a new year, a new team, and it's not going to look exactly the same. We might be as good technically overall once you dilly and dally and figure out all the things, but the places that were good, the places that were going to be effective are different places. And I think that that mega defensive lineup right there to start sets a tone better than a, a bucket getting lineup of Luca and Hardy teeing off from deep or teeing off on people to start games. But that would be, that's, that's what the choice is. Do you want the offensive firepower of Luca Hardy or do you want the defensive tone setting of Green, Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith to start the game and demoralize opponents? And me, being me as a defensive guy, I'm going to lean toward the defense every time. So do you think there's a third option wild card where Tim Hardaway starts? So Tim was actually my choice. So for me, when it was first announced, then when he was moved to the bench, which – was obvious needed to happen after the fucking live practice, which I believe they started to notice because in the scrimmage they did put them with unit. And I said at the time, like, hey, maybe this might be a sign of things to come, whatever. Um, my first thought was, okay, Tim's probably going to get that job. Right. If they gave it to Tim, then I would have more confidence that it stays that way potentially the rest of the year, barring trades. But if they're talking about Jaden Hardy and Josh Green or Frank, it's an experiment. Yeah. And they might all get an opportunity in the first month. That that wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't want Frank to get an opportunity at all. I don't think he needs an opportunity. At all. <laughs> I'm, I don't mean to be negative, but brother, I, I've seen enough. Dorian's <laughs> like, back up, and that's it's as simple as that. Seen enough, brother. If you look at Frank as Dorian Finney-Smith Jr., it's a whole different conversation about frank and he could stay here for eight years if he wanted to if if he's doing finney smith jr i can definitely see uh see them experimenting with josh and uh and Jaden hardy and maybe you know if they don't like either one they just go over liable okay tim go out there you're gonna start so uh i don't know i think i like tim with luca Right. With Spencer. I mean, Spencer can set up Tim, but obviously Tim and Luca have that have that connection. Uh but I do like that firepower off the bench with those three. Like you don't need too much firepower in the starting lineup when you got a guy like Luca and you got shooting around him. But you know, the Josh Green catch and shoot thing, you know, and we don't even know how great or consistent Jaden Hardy is at a catch and shoot. And so uh, they're going to experiment a bit with that. That's cool. It's exciting to see how it's going to turn out at the beginning of the season, but just don't stick with it too long because (laughs) once you see some shit ain't working, move on to the next. But um, since we're on the topic of experimenting, you can experiment on DraftKings Sportsbook with different odds, different games, different props, and different parlays. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking big plays and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. You know what that means? That means if you decide tonight, tonight for me, 
last night for y'all to bet on the Ravens and Bengals game. And you say, you know what? I'm putting down $5, $10, $20 on the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. If the Baltimore Ravens win, not only do you win the cash prize for that bet, you get $200 in free bets that you can use. $200, that's a lot of money. I don't know. I, I, I bet. I don't know if you bet. I don't know if you know how much goddamn money that is. But that's a lot of fucking money. All right. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Stepped up same game parlays. For instance, tomorrow night, tonight for y'all, the Kansas City Chiefs will be going up against division rival the Oakland Raiders. Now, divisional games, you never know. They can go one way, they can go another. Kansas City is a dominant team. Las Vegas has a terrible defense. They've been struggling this year. But division matchups can go either way. I mean, personally, I'm putting my trust in Patrick Mahomes, who I feel is the best quarterback in the NFL still to this day. Kansas City Chiefs are favored by seven and a half. I would smash that over. Might do an alternate spread on that as well. Maybe you want to take the Kansas City money line because you're not sure with a divisional matchup how big the spread will be. Take different players in the game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, anytime touchdown score. Travis Kelsey, maybe over 71 yards, anytime touchdown score. Kansas City Chiefs might put up a lot of points on these guys, so you got options. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game once per game day, all season long. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, <clears throat> Let's get back to this. Okay. Because we we were talking this would have been <clears throat> I would have been wrapping this up already. Okay. You know, I had the show planned out. I would have been wrapping this up, but I had to add something to it. Cause some news came out from Mr. Mark Stein mm. maybe an hour before we started recording. The Dallas Mavericks are considering signing Compazzo. I- I'm gonna call him Faku Compazzo, Fasu, whatever the fuck. The midget, the dude that's five foot nine. Okay, former point guard for the Denver Nuggets. The guy mentioned that he would much rather stay in the NBA, but he does have a chance to go overseas and play in the Euro League. Now, I'm assuming this is off the heels of the Dallas Mavericks saying that Frank ain't the guy. Let's bring in a older veteran guy who probably won't get many minutes, but maybe when we need him here and there, can come in and play some point guard, right? I don't care. This, I don't want Compazzo. I can't remember who mentioned it in the group chat. They said they they wouldn't go after Goran Dragic, but you'll go after Composo. It's like 
you're so late. Now, granted, you went after Goran Dragic and you offered him a role that he clearly didn't want, which is probably what you're offering to Compazzo. And to think that the Mavericks have offered or potentially are offering Compazzo the same role they offered Goran Dragic either means they thought too little of Goran Dragic or they think too much of Compazzo. <clears throat> and to be completely honest, both is a problem. Now, yeah. granted, he won't be getting too many minutes, so maybe I'm overreacting. But what do you think? It pisses me off that we had a better pulse on the situation than the team seemed to. Uh, it's kind of the whole discussion of the summer is getting a veteran ball handler. Um, Frank, Josh, being that guy all of a sudden didn't make sense to me as a concept. It could make sense halfway through the season if you saw it during the actual season, but expecting them to have gotten in the lab over the summer and suddenly become competent NBA ball handlers is absurd. Uh, The pursuit of a veteran backup point guard should have been taken a lot more seriously. Maybe we could have gotten involved in a conversation with Micic uh, instead of him talking to the Bulls. The Bulls then got Goran Dragic instead of us because we didn't take that role seriously. And it's not even just about not having that third ball handler to have the the full-time duties, but injuries happen. We're putting a lot on the idea of Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka not missing games. If we're saying that we don't need, uh, we're going to tell Goran Dragic he's not going to play. Why would I, I, Shit, literally, it happened in the, with the Bulls. Lamelo suddenly can't walk. Goran <coughs> Dragic just immediately. Lonzo. Lonzo, my bad. I was reading Lamelo's name off my screen. Uh, Lonzo suddenly can't walk, so Goran Dragic all of a sudden is automatically getting more minutes than he maybe probably was going to get if, Lame- if Lonzo could could walk at the beginning of the season. I, I I don't know what the logic was. It looks really stupid. I mean, again, I'm glad they're coming to this conclusion early, but it looks really goofy that <clears throat> we pretended or we didn't know that these motherfuckers couldn't dribble. And now we're realizing it, you know, a week, a week and a half before the season that we need another person that can dribble on the roster. Um, as much as I like McKinley Wright, the idea of getting a veteran makes the most sense because, again, Luca or Dinwiddie needs time off. You don't want to put a young guy in there necessarily. If we're a serious team that's trying to contend, you want to have experienced ball handlers in there. Faku Compazzo does not fit our style at all. He's he's not a defensive guy. I mean, he he gets it under people's skin and causes problems. He's a pest, but he's five foot six with heels on. He he got those those shoes with the lifts in them, so he looked like he's five foot nine when he's on the court. But he's really five foot six, and it doesn't make any sense. I would rather, I think I saw a couple of people say this. I would rather get a Eric Bledsoe, who at least is a guy who's a little bit known more for being a defensive guy who has some size to him. And if you're not expecting much of him, he's not going to be a starter. And allegedly you don't need him to play big minutes. And maybe you don't, maybe you do trust Hardy Hardaway Jr. Josh Green, Frank to, to be able to dribble a ball enough to where you don't need Bledsoe to play 15, 20 minutes every night. But you have him there in case you do need somebody to do that. And that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Kemba Walker is not a free agent yet. I would take Kemba at this point. But 
Faku Compazzo, that's let, let my boy go back to Europe and and do what the the, all, the other small guards, Cassius Winston, uh, Carson Edwards have done and ball out in Europe because that's where y'all belong. So here's some uh, NBA free agent point guards I would take over Compazzo. <clears throat> Eric Bledsoe, like you mentioned, that's one. I know y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Rajon Rondo's a free agent. All right. Well, Would you take him over Compazzo? Over Compazzo, yes. All right, then. That's all I need to know. <laughs> Mas Sadoransky. He's not a free agent. He's not a free agent? He signed a four-year deal in Europe. I remember he was on my list earlier this year. Somebody pointed it out to me, and I looked it up. He signed a four-year deal over in Europe. Wow. I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> Brad Wanamaker. Now you tripping. That was good. No? Over over Faku? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just comparing them to Faku. Yeah, I had to remind myself. Here's another list of NBA players. I mean, uh, basketball players I would table over Faku. Calvin Cambridge. Troy Bolton. Now you're playing games. Michael J. Fox's Werewolf. Come on, son. Air Bud. The Space Jam aliens, before they stole the talent. Oh, man. Bill Murray. Joanna Man. And Tommy Shepard. Was, was Joanna Man a point guard? I, I said players. They ain't even got to be point guards. I'll just take them over Faco Compazzo at this point. Now, look, if Faco Compazzo ends up being a nice addition to this team, because he's had flashes on Denver where he's played really well. But, God damn it, the dude can't defend the broom. Now, y'all know I've been the guy like, oh, well, not everybody needs to defend. Maybe as long as they hustle and buy to the. Yeah, I know. But when you're five foot eight, five foot nine, come on now, brother. Like, let's keep it 100. All right. <clears throat> Shots fired. That kind of hit home a little close to home, but all right. I mean, look, I'm short too. You know this. <laughs> I'm not in the NBA. That's why. <laughs> Amongst other reasons. <laughs> Oh, snap. <laughs> so, oh, shit, my face bleed. All right. Anyway, um, yeah, that's all I really got as far as that. I did want to touch on one more thing. Uh, we have our fantasy draft, our Mavs Outsiders Fantasy Basketball League coming up. I It's kind of crazy how this turned out. I have the first pick. And you have the last pick of the first round. I hit the shuffle button and it did that, and I was pissed immediately. I was like, "Do I shuffle this again in no time?" Motherfuckers, that probably asking questions like, "What's going on here?" No, I was gonna say like when I hit it, I was like, "Please don't give me the first pick because people gonna think I did that on purpose." And then it gave you the first pick, and I was like, "You know what? Fuck it." Like I got the last pick, so they're not gonna think I did that on purpose. Now the pressure is on me because. Everybody thinks, oh, you got the first pick. You know, that's the pick you want. That is not the pick you want. How many people we got? 16? Yeah. We got a full 16. I have the first pick, which means I have to wait till the last pick of the second round to pick again. Mm. Now, the the answer may be obvious of who I picked with the first pick, you know? And I can come on here and talk about it because y'all not going to hear it till the draft is over. And even if y'all was going to hear it, y'all don't pick before me. 
So right. nobody can stop you. <laughs> I'm thinking about Giannis. Mm. That's the obvious pit. That's the obvious pit. Is it? Or Jokic. Okay. You know, when you're talking fantasy basketball, you got to think a little different. I'm not building a basketball team. I got to think about who's going to give me the most points, fantasy points. Jokic, Giannis, um, Steph Curry. Threes are worth a lot. Um, I was go Joel Embiid, but health is an issue. Uh, Luca, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Who do you think, with the last pick, who would you like to fall in your lap? So I actually traded the pick. <clears throat> yeah, I traded up with uh, X. And uh, I think I have eight, seventh or eighth pick now. So, so you have the seventh or eighth pick now. Yeah, I traded up. Yeah. I uh, traded, I, I drop in a few of the later rounds, but I, I, I drafted, I traded up here. Um, so I, I, I don't feel comfortable telling you who I hope drops to me because it's too close for comfort. Um, I don't expect my top choice to get to me. I will be very surprised. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> it really don't matter. I have to pick it a little. I can pick who I want. It's one of the people you, it's one of the people you already named, but I'm okay. not they're not falling to you. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, getting, <laughs> I'm not getting none of those dudes. <laughs> so it is what it is. If you get any of those names, we added the wrong people to this league. <sighs> Somebody Man. tried to trade with me. Have we decided uh, what the prize is? No, nah, we'll figure it out. All right. I know I got a minimum on what I wanted to be, but yeah, we, we'll figure out. Okay. All right. So um, somebody tried to trade with me. They tried to get my second round pick and tried to give me a third and a fifth, I think. And I'm like, man, I already got to wait. What say is move you back further? I already got to wait hella long for my next pick. And you think I'm going to trade it? Like, I could take a nap and wake up, and I'll finally be at the third pick. If that's the case, like, so now, granted, I'd have had two third-round picks, but that ain't worth it. You feel me? So <clears throat> the thing about this is it's so many people in this league, you really have to know basketball and know the league in those later rounds when, when you get to who do I pick. So, but granted, you moved up. You only traded your first round pick. <clears throat> I think I traded my first round. Um, I think I traded my third. We swapped thirds, so I moved back like eight spots in the third or something like that. The fifth, and then like the seventh or something like that. So like, I move <laughs> up eight in the first round. I still get my like seventeenth pick. Yeah, so like eight seventeen. And then I, th- I think he might have gave me his third round pick. So then I'll pick again at like 38 or something like that. So it's not bad. You set up pretty good. You still got your first. You still got the first pick of the second round. So and that. I still get my double picks. Yeah. Uh, in the deeper rounds where, like you said, I think that's where the difference is going to be made in this league. Definitely where the difference will be made. I get my double picks like when I, I finally pick in the second round, I get the first pick of the third round. So depending on who's in the pool. That'll be my top three right there, but it's it's probably gonna be a big fall off from my best guy to my next guy. But uh that's starting in 18 minutes. I'm queuing up guys as we speak. You what? I'm putting guys in my queue. queue. Yeah, I'm about to start doing the same thing while I eat some chicken. You already know who you drafted. Quit playing. I'm talking about after that. Like I need to I still need to have guys in my queue for what you know what? Ain't no point in putting guys in my queue for my second pick, because like 
all them motherfuckers gonna be gone. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. <laughs> That's all you go ahead. Oh shit. So <clears throat> um dang, I wish we could like live stream us drafting. That would be dope. That'd be kind Maybe. of fire, but that's long as shit. Awesome. Maybe next year, if we do another one. Ooh. You see where I'm going? I don't want to say it. No, I think so. You see where I'm going with this, right? I, b- I believe I'm, I'm following. Same brain. I swear, same brain. <laughs> it's getting out of control. We gotta spend less time. We got to spend less time on this podcast. We don't even, we don't even talk every, like, we'll talk sometimes, but most of the time we talk, it's about business. Or I hate for this to sound so sassy. We gossiping. So (laughs) (laughs) gossiping. So what was it? Somebody asked me that when I went on. Um, I went into uh the homie space with DeAndre. Yeah. Um, about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, whatever, whenever it was, and he asked. I think he asked like. Me and Bibbs talk a lot. What do we? I was like, man, look, if I told you what me and Bibbs talked about, it'd be a lot of motherfuckers mad at us. Okay, <laughs> like, so I can't disclose that information. No further comment. Uh, yeah, maybe next year we'll do like a, a a Zoom call with we could get everybody on, and you know, we'll, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But do you have anything to add? Anything you want to say before we close this out? Um, no, man, I'm I'm ready to get into this draft. Uh, we'll see if I get this thing edited tonight, depending on these break. I mean, I do have that long gap in the middle of the draft, so it could happen. It could happen. Uh, but I'll try to get it out as quick as possible. Y- y'all won't be listening to this until I get it out. So I don't know why I'm having this conversation right now. Ain't no rush. Like, uh, worst case scenario, it'll come out tomorrow night, like later tomorrow. That's cool. I got to go to bed early so I can go to Charlotte. I got a meeting at like 9 a.m. Work related. Several important people. Yeah. And uh, I'm expecting to get thrown under the bus or thrown onto the hot, fiery coals. Oh, shit. So uh, I got to make sure I'm sharp and ready at that moment. <clears throat> and I don't feel like driving to Charlotte. I'm really annoyed by the fact that I'm driving to Charlotte tomorrow. How long, are the, how long of a drive is that for you? So it's 75 miles. I usually get it done in about an hour and 20 minutes, but morning traffic. So maybe an hour 45 depending on how that goes it's by the airport too which is gonna suck but uh yeah it's like at the airport marriott or some shit like that but um i'll probably leave here like six something just to be safe and make sure i'm there uh by 8 30 worst case scenario because so, we have a meeting before the meeting as well uh that i can do on my phone but the other one's in person so we'll see how that goes all right well with that being said about to close this out. Y'all ain't going to hear this till after the draft is over, but good luck to everybody in the draft. I hope none of y'all get the people you want, and I hope I get everybody I want. So, good night. Closing it out for Bibbs and Reese. We'll holler at y'all next week. Y'all don't want to miss next week's episode. Trust me. It's the episode before start of the season. Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss it. Holler at y'all next week. Peace. Peace.